You can be seated. Grab your Bibles. Uh huh. <laughs> Let me see your Bibles, your devices, however you're accessing the Word today. Let me see. Amen. Hallelujah. Love. You gonna play? You gonna keep playing? <laughs> I got excited for a moment. I was like, oh boy, it's gonna be one of them services. <laughs> ha! Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Revival's breaking out. Darius is playing on the keys. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus, help us. Ephesians chapter 1. You can have fun in church. Ephesians chapter 1. Thank you, Lord. Last week, paid in full. Paid in full. Ephesians chapter 1. If you didn't, if you weren't here, didn't get that, I would encourage you to go on our website on our podcast and get that. Um, it was fun. Okay, if you have a device before uh, we have a showdown between Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner, <laughs> put it on shock really hard so you get a good shock if it rings. Mute it or put it on stun, one of the two. Okay. Ephesians chapter 1. <laughs> if you shout, we'll know what's going on. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. Ephesians chapter 1. <laughs> I'm going to preach this morning. Y'all are going to let me preach, right? Ephesians chapter 1. <laughs> yeah. I only got through one word last week, so y'all have to cooperate. <laughs> I'm, I promise I'm going to make it past the word redemption today. In him, verse 7, in him we have redemption. Woo! That's good. Again, if you weren't here last week, you need to go get that. Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Remember, the currency of heaven is the grace of the Lord. The riches, the, the abounding riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Now, I just want to pause right here. I, <laughs> I am not going to preach. I'm not going to stop and preach, I promise. Uh, <laughs> Ephesians is a hard book to get through. But I, I, want, to, uh, I want to just say here that, that the, the Greek here, which he made abound toward us, is that he showed us, he gave toward us wisdom and prudence. Why did he, so the, the word there is the Sophia, the heavenly wisdom, the God kind of wisdom, and prudence, the word logic or intellect, that he gave us the wisdom of heaven and the knowledge of heaven, the knowledge, the intellect, the logic of what? And made known to us the mystery of his will. So he's revealed to you and I the mystery of his will, the things that we couldn't see or know in the natural. He gave us supernatural Sophia, supernatural wisdom and intellect on how to know or so that we could know the mystery of his will, uh, the mystery of his purpose. So all things concerning your life, all things concerning salvation, all things concerning every spiritual blessing. He's released into your life supernatural wisdom and intellect, supernatural wisdom and logic. Why is that? Because you have accessible to you right now, uh, you have all of, say all, all. 
it's important, all of heaven's blessings, resources, everything that you need is accessible to you. It's, uh, you know, as a, as a child, um, you, you have accessible to you transportation, but you would not give to your five-year-old, I certainly wouldn't give to my eight-year-old, uh, the ability to drive our vehicle. She'd love to, but I'm not going to give her... Right? I'm not going to give her that ability because she doesn't yet have the knowledge, she doesn't have the intellect or the wisdom to do that. But once she's been trained and I've given to her the knowledge, the wisdom, the, Sophia, the wisdom and the logic, the intellect to do that, then I would release her to what have access to that, hopefully, blessing, right? And so you and I have the wisdom and the intellect of heaven to be able to access all of the mysteries of God. You and I have been given the ability, we can appropriate and are accessible to all of those things, but we have to use what God's given to us. Now, let me pause on that and say that this is, I, I'm not teaching something that's mystical. I'm not, I'm not talking about some mystic, um, super spiritual concept. What is the wisdom of God? What is the revelation of the mystery and the wisdom of God? This. Where's the wisdom of heaven come? This. Right? This is the word of God. He's made accessible to you and I. It is in his word. So the mystery of the gospel, the mysteries of heaven, the mystery of the Godhead is all revealed. He's not hiding a thing from us, but we can access it through his word. Okay, so let's keep going. So he's given to us, towards us, made it, by the way, he's made it abound towards us. Remember, James says that if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of the Lord who gives it liberally, liberally, abundantly, overflowing wisdom. So there, there is a vast insight and knowledge, and I, I'm, I feel like I'm really stuck on this word today, so forgive me. But there's, there's a, and we'll just blame the Holy Spirit because he started it from point go in worship. So I'm just going to blame him that that's why I'm stuck on this right now. But there, there is a, there's divine access that comes from God. He releases to you and I things in worship. I want you to hear this. In worship, God can take one word, one scripture, and make it alive to you and begin to download something that you wouldn't have ordinarily seen. Have you ever had that happen? You're just worshiping the Lord, and he drops a word, just something in scripture in your heart, and it just explodes on the inside of you. That was happening today, by the way. That was happening and as we were singing Yeshua, and, and um, uh, Pastor Grace was leading that, and we were here at the end, we were just kind of dancing in the the rhythm of heaven. There was a word being released. It was dropped and it was exploding. It was that rhema word, that right now word of God from the logos, the written word of God. So that's important. That, by the way, friend, that is how you and I overcome every scheme and plan of the enemy. That's how you and I... That's how we walk in victory. That's how we, that's how we know what we're to do next. There are things that can be released in one moment of time in the presence of the Lord as the Logos, the written word, the manifest word, Jesus, the word made flesh, comes alive to us, Rhema, in the moment. Man, this is good stuff. Some of you need to hear this. You've been living, uh, you know, part of my job as pastor is to teach, so let me just pause and teach for a moment on this. The, some of you have been living under the, the, the plan 
of your natural mind. You've been planning your life according to a natural progression, natural things, listening to the wisdom of man rather than listening to the wisdom of God. God wants to release something into your life. Come on now. He wants to give you something that you can't get on your own according to your own wisdom, according to your own intellect. Does anybody hear me this morning? God wants to release something in. That's exciting. That's exciting to know that God... What we read in Jeremiah that he has plans for hope in the future. If you seek me with all your heart, I'll be found by you. He wants to give you something that you can't get otherwise. But it takes a commitment to searching after the Lord. We don't want to take the time, right, to do that. If we want to have a mystery, if we want to have a mystery revealed, you've got to take the time Detectives, investigators can't just get a mystery solved because they sit down and look at their computer screen. They have to spend time, right? The investigator has to go out and spend time gathering the facts, gathering the details, uh, interviewing witnesses. What's the evidence? Putting the puzzle piece together. Well, what do you and I have to do? We want to know the mystery of his will. We've, it's not hidden. The facts are there. The evidence is there. We just got to go look. We just got to get into it. God, what are you saying? What are you doing? And then he begins to piece the puzzle together for us, and we see something that we wouldn't ordinarily have seen. In one moment, God can just illuminate. There, there are scriptures that you know I, we hear all the time. You know, that's what, that's what a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom, the spiritual gifts and operation are all about. The revelatory gifts, that's what that's all about. It's taking, that's... Are you all okay that I just teach for a little bit on this? I said I wasn't going to stop, but here I am. So uh, the, the revelatory gifts, the gifts of the Spirit are for the building up of the body, the equipping and building up to the, of the saints to perfection, right? So this is an ongoing, until the trumpet sounds, we're being perfected, changed, shaped, and the spiritual gifts are part of that. So revelatory gifts that are the spiritual gifts that are there, they're intended to build us up, what? For the rhema, for that word, the mystery of God to be revealed. How many of you have ever had the Lord just nudging at your heart, sharing something with you, and someone says, I have a word for you. I really feel like God's saying something. And when they say it, it's just like, man, something just ignites in that. You're like, that's it. That's exactly what I needed. That's a confirmation. Remember, the spiritual gifts are to comfort, to encourage, to equip, to exhort. So we hear that, and it's like, whoa, that's exactly what I needed. That's the mystery of God being revealed. So not only is it important for you and I in our personal time to have the intellect, the logic of heaven, the wisdom of heaven on our own, it's, it's absolutely imperative that we walk in this as we minister to one another. So there's a revelation that you're going to have for yourself, but there's a revelation that God wants you to have for somebody else. That doesn't mean that you're all of a sudden the spiritual guru, but there's, there's a responsibility that you and I have to one another to build up, to equip, and to encourage, encourage one another. Amen. And it could just be one simple word, the mystery of God being revealed to us. It could be one word, one simple word, but the wisdom and the prudence or the logic of heaven is released in that. So, uh, and he's made it abound towards us. I, we don't have time, so we'll just keep going. Abound toward us and all the wisdom and prudence. 
having made known to us the mystery of his will. Have you ever said, God, what's your will for my life? I'm sure we all have at some point or another. And, I, and what I'm about to say is to not beat you up for that because it is a mystery, right? It is a mystery. It's hidden from us without spiritual eyes. But you and I have been given wisdom and intellect from heaven to know what the will of God is. And so the will of God is revealed to you and I. There is no mystery about the plan of God for your life. If you're scratching your head, walking aimlessly through life without any direction and purpose in your life, you need to take time to have the mystery of God, the will of God, revealed to you. There is, there is now, for you and I who are in Christ, no mystery of His will. That you were created for His glory. According to His good pleasure which he purposed in himself. I, let me just say right there, in his good pleasure, I love what Philippians 2.13, that he gives us both the will and the do according to what? His good pleasure. I didn't put it up on the screen, but if you, if you got it, I'm just throwing out a verse here. If you got it, Philippians 2.13, they weren't ready for that. But he, he does what? He gives us both the will and the do to act according to what? His good pleasure. Pleasure. So he reveals to you and I the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure and gives us both the ability to do it and the desire to do it. Our natural man doesn't have a desire to do the will of God, but he gives you and I both the will and the do. I love what Augustine said, Lord, command what you will, but give what you command. Lord, you can do whatever you want, say whatever you want, but if you say it, you've got to release the ability to do it. So it's good to know that God has given both the will and the do. He gives us, man, this, are you following this? He gives us the, the wisdom and the intellect to know it. He reveals it to us and equips us with the power, the unction, and the desire to even do what he's told us to do. That's good stuff. I haven't even started preaching yet. I haven't got to where I was going yet. We're just on the journey. Okay. So he he in good he purposed himself that in the dispe, dis, in the dispensation of the fullness of the times. I, I, listen, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. Here's where I'm going, verse 11. In him, we also have obtained an inheritance. So verse 7 says, in him, we have, we've received redemption. So we talked about that last week. Verse 11 tells us, in him, we've also obtained, not just a redemption, but we've also obtained, say also, in addition to, we've, we've received redemption, but now we've also received an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So before eternity, in eternity past, God created a plan. You and I were in that, and he had my name written in to receive an inheritance. Thank God that it's, it's been planned for you and planned for me that we would receive a redemption and an inheritance. So I have an, an inheritance awaiting me. I have an inheritance, an operation in my life. So I want to take a look at what is the inheritance that I am, that I've been predestined, that it's been written out that I should receive. So what is it, you know, um, when you, when, you know, some folks, 
Some of you may in the room have a last will and testament. You have, you have your inheritance. Where, what are your kids getting when you're gone? Who's getting what when you're gone, right? You write it out. And there's a, there, not that God's going anywhere, but he has it written out. He has a plan for you and I and what we are to receive. So what is the inheritance we're to, to receive? Flip over with me to Romans chapter 8. I just want to take a look at this. Romans chapter 8 and verse 14 says, for as many are as led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of what? Spirit of adoption. You've been brought into the family by which we cry out, Abba, Father. It's interesting that um, 1 Corinthians 12.3 tells us that we are able to cry out that Jesus is Lord. That we say, or we're able to say, Jesus is Lord. Lord, so by the Spirit of God and His work in our life, we call Him Lord, and here in Romans 8, we are able to call Him Father. So not only is Jesus Lord, He's our Father. So we, by adoption, by the Spirit of God, we are children of God. And verse 16 says, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So if you're a children, if you're a child, you have, a, if you're a children, if you're a child of God, you've been given an inheritance. We'll keep reading. It says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then we are heirs. We're, we have an inheritance. Heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. What? <laughs> we, well, let's black that out. If we suffer, part of your inheritance, by the way, is being able to suffer with him. But we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. For I consider that the sufferings, listen to this. Paul says, I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So there, there is a reality that the inheritance that we are to receive far outweighs any sufferings of this present age, that, that the sufferings of this life, however great they might seem, are just but a speck in the inheritance that God has for you. There's absolutely nothing in this life that can take or steal or rob your joy in God, that all of your sufferings, all the present things that you and I face are working for you and I a greater joy, a greater delight in the Lord. So what is the inheritance we're to receive? The first thing is the world. The scripture tells us in Romans 4.13 that Abraham, for the promise that he would be the heir of the world, was not to Abraham or to, or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. So Abraham was to receive the world and our inheritance, part of our inheritance is that, the world, that we are to inherit the world through faith. Jesus, if God owns the world, then I guess you and I are going to inherit that as well, right? Psalms 24, 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It's His. It belongs to Him. And it's been promised to you and I. Psalms 2, 8 says, Ask of me for the nations as your inheritance. We can ask the Lord. You and I are promised the world. What does that mean to inherit the world? To inherit the nations. In Revelation 
in Revelation 2, it says, to those that overcome, I will give you the nations, power over the nations. What is that? It's a restoration of what was promised in the garden, that you and I in this life, not just the next, in this life, you and I are promised dominion and authority in this life. Now, I want you to think about what does that look like? Are you walking out the dominion and the authority that God's given you in this life? You've been given power over nations, overcoming power over nations, authority over this world. And we live defeated. You know, there's, there's this thing going around right now uh, called COVID. I don't know if you knew about that. But uh, just FYI, in case you forgot, COVID is happening. But... It, in March 2020, yeah, 2020, I think that's what it was. <laughs> I feel like that whole year disappeared somehow. March 2020, where all everybody gets in an upheaval about COVID. We're all we're all in a mess over COVID. And there's this this invisible enemy now all of a sudden that we're very aware of. People who never would have ever thought about using hand sanitizer. You can't, I mean, you just can't keep it in stock. I mean. You thought I was going to say toilet paper, didn't you? No, I'm just. <laughs> I mean, you can't keep the, that's nasty. <laughs> so, you can't keep the hand sanitizer and stock mask, all the things, because we become aware of something that's invisible, and we're trying to deal with this invisible enemy that's out to kill everybody. Well, I've got news for you. There's an invisible enemy out to, and you can't inoculate against it. It's called sin. There's only one answer. It's the blood of Jesus. There's only one way to do it. And it's a lot worse than COVID, I promise. You can't quarantine against it. You can't. There's, it's going to spread. It's in your DNA. There's only one way to deal with it, and it's the blood of Christ. So you and I have been given victory over sin in this life. You and I have been given victory. You and I have been given dominion. We've been given authority in this life. So it doesn't mean that troubles and trials don't come. It means that when they do, they make me more happy in God. When, when, a, when a trial comes my way, isn't that what James says? James 1-2 says, count it all joy when you face trials of all kinds. First Peter, uh, First Peter says that when you face trials, in this you greatly rejoice. Say greatly rejoice. In this you greatly rejoice when you face trials of various kinds. So the, the trials and the issues of this life, COVID and all those things, just make me happier in God. When I, when I see those things happen, it reminds me that I have not just an earthly inheritance, not am I just inheriting things in this life, I have a supernatural inheritance in the world to come. So we inherit the world. We're reminded that nothing in this life stops our joy. I love what Paul said in 1 Corinthians. So then, no more boasting about human leaders. There was this, man, I love that. <laughs> I get so, I, I, I appreciate Facebook and its ability to get the word out and all of those things. But I get so tired of everybody posting memes and quotes of the greatest, latest preacher and their quotes. Can we just quote the Bible? Can we, do we have to, can we, can we just, 
I don't need to know what Stephen Furtick said. I, if I wanted to know what he said, I can go listen to him preach. I don't need to know what every latest preacher said. Give me the word of God, somebody. Thank you, Jesus. That's all I'm going to say. I don't have a problem with all those guys, but really, I mean, just give me the word. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Good preaching, Pastor. Amen. I'll encourage myself. No more. Thank you, brother. I heard you. No, no more boasting about human leaders. Who cares? Apollos, Paul, who cares? All things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Stephen. The world or life or death, the present or the future, all are yours. And you are of Christ and Christ is of God. So why are we arguing about all of this? Why? What, it doesn't matter what you face. It doesn't matter what's happening. It's yours. It's to your benefit. It's to your perfection. It's for your joy in God that those things are happening. There's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. There's nothing that can separate you from your inheritance. Nothing can separate you from that. That's what Romans 8, if you go to the end of Romans 8, there's no peril, there's no tribulation, there's no angel, principality, devil, nothing in this life, nothing to come. Nothing can separate you from the inheritance you have in God. Secondly, our inheritance is God himself. Not only do we inherit in this life, we inherit God. He is ours. Revelation 21.3 says, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them, and he will be their God. David said in Psalms, Whom I, Who have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire beside you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So I inherit God. Lord, stir up, stir our appetite for you. Stir up our cravings for your presence. You know, there's so many things that can distract our, our taste buds. We, we like the, the things of this life. But may the Lord stir in us and cultivate our taste for him. May there be an appetite in our life and a desire for our inheritance, God himself. Let's not be like the, the, the foolish um, prodigal son that waste our inheritance on trying to find things in this life that satisfy when we can say like David, like David, like David, the Lord, who am I in heaven but you? He's a new guy in the Bible. He showed up today. Who, who, who that in heaven but you? I just, I, why do I try to, you know, just like get my whatever metery yad on? Who dat? Who you? Who dat in heaven? I was teaching this morning in the, the small group leaders meeting. And the more I talked, I was like, I don't, man, I have not been in New Orleans in eight years. But it, whatever is there is coming out this morning for some reason. It happens. I, I apologize. Lord, t- stir up our desire. You know, in John chapter 14, one of, my, one of my favorite chapters in John 14, Jesus we hear it read at funerals often, or you know, it's all, it's one of those make you feel good scriptures that we we misquote or misunderstand. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and we get focused on our inheritance is many mansions. Yeah, that's part of it, but you miss what Jesus is saying here. There there is a world to come. 
There is a world to come that you and I are going to inherit. There is a, there is a supernatural city called heaven, and you and I are going to walk the streets of gold, and we're going to see the, the mansions built with, with uh, the word of the Lord. And we're going to see the splendor of God. But the creator of all, think about this, the, the creator of all, the one who defines creativity, the one who authored creativity, the one who authored excellence, is going to be standing right there on those streets of gold. I, have, I, I just have a hunch that the, the streets of gold and the pearly gates and the, the walls of Jasper and the, 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 the stones around the throne, I, just, I have a feeling that they're going to fail in comparison to the one who authored it all. I, I have a feeling that they're just going to fade into the background when I see him. I, I have a feeling that they're just going to blur when I see him. Jesus said, I'm telling you these things so that you know. Thomas said, where are you going? Jesus said, I'm telling you these things so that where I'm going that you might be also. The, the point of what Jesus was saying wasn't the backdrop of the mansions. It was so that we could be with him. So our inheritance is God himself. Really, that's, that's what we're after. If, you're in, if your inheritance, if the things of your inheritance become more attractive than the who of your inheritance, there's a problem. But, but when I see him, you know, this morning, I, I, you could see him walking the the sanctuary this morning. You could see Yeshua. You could see Jesus. You could see the author of our faith, the finisher of our faith, walking the aisles this morning. He was. He's here this morning. He's listening to every word that's being preached. He's standing watch over his word today. Yeah, he's standing here, standing watch over his word. The angels are tuned in. They're standing by, listening to the, the word of the Lord. They're tuned in right now. They're here right Right now, tuned in to the, to the word of the Lord as it's being preached. He's here, and I, I just want to see him. I, I, I'm thankful, I, I'm thankful for, for the world and the things that he gives me, but, and that's part of the inheritance, and we need to know that. He said, my covenant I will not break or alter the word that's gone out of my mouth. The thing that he's promised to you and I, he, he won't change it. And so taking dominion in this life doesn't change, it's there, but it's in him, it's in Christ those things come to pass. Heaven is <laughs> a world of love. <laughs> heaven, the, the very atmosphere of heaven, the presence. I want you to, you know, if, if you think about the temple in in. Uh, in the Old Testament, I got to wrap this up. When in the in the tabernacle, <laughs> we'll start closing four closings right now. So the, <laughs> if you think about the tabernacle, in the in, in in the Old Testament, it was known that God God dwelled with the people of Israel. It was known that that, that the people, the Israelites, the Jewish people, that the, that God dwelt among them, and in in the in the city. There was a place where God manifest himself in an even greater level at the, at the temple, in the tabernacle. You know, if we go back to Moses and, and, the, and the tabernacle and the, and the wilderness journey, that God, God was with the people, but his presence was greater uh, degree or manifest in that, in that tabernacle. And then within the tabernacle, there was the Holy of Holies where God, was, where God lived, where God resided, the, the, the holy place, the mercy seat. And so you have these levels of where, I just think about this for a moment. If, 
if God is omnipresent and he is and he's with us and we're aware, you can't, there's nowhere you can go in this world without God being there. There's no absolute, no detail, and he's in it all. And the beauty, you see it everywhere. But, but then we live in his presence and here in this life and we worship and we come into his into his temple with praise and, and, and just in a spiritual sense. But think about heaven. Heaven would be like the mercy seat, the holy of holies, the presence chamber of God where he lives, where he abides. Unadulterated, pure, pre- you and I are going to be there. You know, I, 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 there's, I thank God for his presence in this life, but what will it be like? In heaven, the, the presence chamber, if you will, the place where God abides, where God lives, the intensity of his presence. So much so, the part of our inheritance is that we're going to have glorified bodies. In Romans 8, you, you read that. Romans 8, if you, let me flip back to Romans 8. Part of our inheritance For now, verse 22, for we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together. So now, uh, not only that, not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body that you and I will have redeemed and glorified bodies. There are in this. This is. In this life, we experience his presence. And, and I, not only do I know that he's here with my mind, I feel him. Yeah. Not always are we in a position to feel. I realize that there are times where, where we may not feel. But, but that, that's not, that ought not be the norm. We ought to be aware of his presence. We ought to be aware of his nearness. And I feel him in this life. I, fear, I feel his nearness. I feel his love. I, fear, fear, I feel his, I'm telling you, that that. Cajun Yad is coming out today. I feel his nearness, his love. And, hmm. But what is it going to be like when I have a new glorified body that has no bondage to sorrow and sadness, that, that doesn't have an attachment to, to a trial or tribulation in this life, that doesn't have to, something in this life holding me back, that I have a new redeemed glorified body. That's part of our inheritance, part of our inheritance to be able to enter into his presence with holiness. The Bible says without holiness, no man shall see God. So this, this new glorified body, redeemed, purchased body has no stain of sin, no smell, no scent, no earthly recognition of the sin and depravity that it once lived in. Glorified body. My God, when I step across out of this life and transition into the next, that I I won't have any trace, think about that, any trace of the issues of this life. I want we 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 spend years years upon years dealing with the effects of sin in this life. People are in counseling for years and years and years dealing with the effects of sin in this life. And we pastoral counseling and all the things, mental health and all of the effects, uh, doctors and and, and uh, psychiatry, all medication, all the things to deal with the effects of sin in this life. 
And I'm not saying those things are wrong. It's just reality. It's what we face. It's what we're dealing with in this life. But when we step out of this into the next, we will have a new, redeemed, and glorified body that will have no trace, no remembrance, no attachment. Our minds will be fully renewed. We'll we'll be like Him. We'll be transformed absolutely, permanently, forever into His glorified image. That's good news. That's part of my inheritance. I'll be like him. I'll be holy. I'll have his mind, his wisdom. You know, there are things in this life that distract us from, you know, when I was talking about being satisfied in God. Worship team, y'all can come back. When, When I was talking about being satisfied with God alone, there are things in this life that will, that distract us from being satisfied with God. There are things that cause us to maybe participate in things we wouldn't normally participate in or like to participate in. We say things or do things or have things happen. Does anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? Am I the only one? And instead of being satisfied with God alone and finding our joy in Him alone, we get distracted in this life. But our redeemed, glorified bodies won't be like that. All will we'll, we'll thrive off of Him. We won't have a desire for anything but him. Man, I love that. There there are times when I wake up, I'm like, "Ah, God, I really don't want to worship you today. I really don't want, I'd rather yell, I'd rather fuss. Come on, don't look so holy. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't want to forgive. I want to be bitter. I just rather be bitter. Hello. There's come, but, but there's a desire because I, I'm a new creation in Christ. And then, so there's a desire on the inside of me to want to look like Christ. I want to live like him. But there's the, Paul said there's this battle going on in the members of my body. That battle won't exist. Thank God. When I step in out of this life into the next, I'll have a new glorified, redeemed body. There won't be a struggle between, God, I really want you, but my natural body really wants this. God, I, I want to delight in you, but my, my natural self really wants to be lazy right now. God, I really want to press in, but I really don't. Come on, somebody. When I step out of this life, there's coming a day for it's part of my inheritance. I'm going to have a new, redeemed, and glorified body. It's going to want nothing but him. That's what David said in Psalm 17. I will be vindicated and will see your face when I awake. I will be satisfied with seeing your likeness. I'll be satisfied when I step out of this life and open my eyes in the next. I'm going to be fully forever satisfied. Why don't you stand with me? This morning, I have, I've, I've also obtained an inheritance. I've been redeemed. I've been paid in full. Tell somebody, say, you've been paid in full. Come on, tell somebody next to you, say, I've been paid in full. And I've been given an inheritance. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, can we give Jesus praise this morning? Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. Jesus, we bless you.
Jesus, we bless you. Father, I thank you for your goodness. Lord, I thank you that we have so much. Lord, more than we can even talk about, more than we could even cover in, in just a few minutes, Lord. So much been given and released into our lives. Thank you, Lord, for our inheritance. I have an inheritance. I've been redeemed. You know, with every head bowed and closed, if you're watching online or you with, you're with us in the building, no matter where you're at, no matter what's happening in your life, Jesus is calling out your name right now. You might be watching or listening this morning and say, you know, I, I don't know Christ. I don't know Jesus for myself. I've never asked him to be the Lord of my life. I've never asked him to forgive me. Maybe you've never known that you needed forgiveness. But today, right now in this moment, Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you want to get to heaven, if you want to know the Father, you've got to do it through Jesus. There's no other way. There's no other God. There's no other name. The Bible says in Acts, there's no other name given to men by which we must be saved. There's one way to heaven, and it's through Jesus Christ. There's one name one way only, right where you're at, whether you're watching online or in this building, all you have to do is say, Jesus, I need you. Forgive me of my sins. Be the Lord of my life. Be my best friend. Make me new in you today. Doesn't matter where you're at in this life or what's going on, right? You don't have to be perfect, just asking. And it's, it's a start, it's not the end, it's a start. The prayer is just to start, to say, Lord, I need you. If you're watching or you're here in the building, you've, you're, you've prayed that, you're saying that to Jesus today. I want to tell you, you need to get first step. You need to get water baptized. Make a public declaration. I'm following Christ. Tell somebody before you leave today. Tell somebody. If you're online, drop it in the comments. Tell somebody, I'm following Jesus today. I'm not going back. Get connected to church, whether it's here or a church in your area, get involved in a church. Get plugged in, get planted, get rooted, get involved. Because there's people around you are gonna support. I don't care if you've been hurt in church, I've been hurt in church. And the sad news is I can't leave, I'm the pastor. We've all been hurt, get over it. Get planted, I tell you, get planted. Let people love on you and walk with you. Be the best decision of your life. Father, bless my friends, my family today. Let your abundance be upon their house. Let your goodness be on all that they do. Lord, I thank you that we've been enriched in your word today. We've been changed in your presence, Lord, today. Thank you, Lord, for the fellowship of the believers today. Bless your people.